everyone. Welcome back to episode 107, Talk of Fame podcast with your host, Kylie Montigny. I'm so excited to have on actor, producer, activist, reality television personality, Mike Manning. Thanks so much. Come on, Mike. Thank you for having me. And so in June 2020, you and the production team of The Bay won the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Digital Daytime Drama Series. Like, how did you feel about winning an Emmy for the series? Uh, it was incredible. It was so in 2020, uh, the Bay uh, won best digital daytime drama. And so uh, all the producers got an Emmy and I was one of the producers. So it was really, really um, it was amazing. I didn't expect it. And, uh, you know, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful feeling uh, for us to win as a team. And then the following year. So last year in 2021, I won and Emmy for Best Supporting Actor, also for The Bay. And that was um, really special in a different sort of way, just because that was not a whole team. That was just me and, you know, based on my performance in the show. Um, and the show is is a show that I'm really proud of. The character is a character I'm really proud of. So it was really nice um, to be recognized as an actor as well uh, last, last year in, in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to star in the show, right? Not just produce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, I joined season five as a recurring, um, it was like like a recurring guest star on the show. Uh, and then that's when we won the Emmy, the producers won the Emmys. And then in season six, I was a recurring character. And then now in season seven, which is releasing next month, Mm-hmm. Uh, on Peacock and Popstar and Tubi and Amazon. I think those four. Um, so season seven is releasing. And in season seven, I'm a series regular. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like you said, like the Bay is releasing new episodes for season seven next month. Like what can you tell us more about what we can kind of expect from like your character in this series itself? Yeah, so uh, a, a portion of season seven was shot in Puerto Rico. Uh, which was really fun because season six ended with my character and another character getting married. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, there's, and it's, it's a, it's like a new year's, like there's Christmas happens in the season and then new year's happens in the season. And it's the, the last episode. And, um and you have these uh, assassins break into the wedding and sort of hold everybody hostage. And then you don't know, who, um, what happened, if anybody was shot, you, we, we hear gunshots, but we, we really don't know what happened. So uh, season seven um, kicks off with sort of revealing who is still alive and who might not be alive anymore. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then part of it's shot in, in Puerto Rico. Like, have you ever been to Puerto Rico before shooting or it was your first time? No, it was my first time to Puerto Rico. And I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. before I traveled places, I tried to do some research. Um, but the, the cool thing about Puerto Rico is that different parts of Puerto Rico uh, are, are, are are extremely different from each other. So, mm-hmm. so in the north, uh, you have uh, it's 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 like a little drier and it's more it's more of like the city. Mm-hmm. And then in the south. Uh, so we shot in the north and we shot in the south. And then that was more jungle. And then mm-hmm. if you go a little bit west, it's even more jungle. And so it's like different parts of Puerto Rico are are different. So um yeah, it was it was really cool. And then and I've seen some of the footage and it looks like we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we kind of were in the middle of nowhere for some of it. So I'm really excited for fans of the show to to see season seven. 
Yeah, like what was like your favorite like part about like shooting Puerto Rico? Obviously, since it was your first time, but like what was kind of your favorite part? Because obviously, I I always wanted to go to Puerto Rico, so I'm kind of curious on what's like your favorite part. Yeah, well, I um so I love like Latin culture uh, mm-hmm. of any kind because um, I know there's a ton of different varieties, but um it was I used to live in Mexico. I lived there for six months while I was in school just to learn Spanish and just to sort of get out of Colorado. And, uh, and so it was fun for me to practice Spanish. Um, their, their Spanish is different than Spanish in Mexico and, and the slang is different. So it was fun to sort of try to learn, uh, local words and phrases and things. And the people were just really, really nice. The people were really excited to have us. The mayor, I think, was it like the mayor of San Juan showed up, uh, on one of our days, uh, of shooting just to shake our hands and just to you know see what what it was all about mm-hmm. and then I don't think this is a spoiler because I feel like we posted it on Instagram but Draco Rosa who is a, is a, like a really famous singer songwriter mm-hmm. um, he was also part of the season so uh, having him in in the show um, a lot of people were were trying to figure out on social media where we were filming and and um and trying to show up on set and, and see where we were and stuff. So I don't know. It was, it was cool. It was cool. And so like you have started in many films and shows such as Days of Our Lives in which you just returned for an episode. Like, what was it like for you to kind of like kind of return to the show, which you were, had a role in earlier in the show? Yeah. So being in a soap opera is interesting because especially Days of Our Lives, because mm-hmm. you can sort of come and go whenever the writer's, uh, want you to come and go. So I, I was on the show on and off for about a year. Um, um, and I shot a bunch of episodes and then I died. And then I came back for like some Halloween episodes and then, uh, they killed me again. And then I came back for just for a, a couple special episodes. And then I, I left. And now this time I came back for, I think it was, I think it's been 12, 12 episodes yeah. so far that I'm, that I'm, in right now um and and it's they're currently airing so i'm currently on the show right now and um and it's been fun i mean it's 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 always great when you when you are on something long term because you get to know the people that you're working with and you get to know your own character really well and you can um you can make choices that you don't necessarily get to make if it's just one or two episodes or Mm -hmm. if it's just a movie where it's like you have a a certain number of scenes and that's it um, being on a, a television show long term is is fun because you get to sort of explore different aspects of that character mm-hmm. and different a- aspects of your relationship with other people and and so for this recent most recent appearance uh, on that show I play Charlie Dale and um, and he started out as as sort of a nerd and then he became and then it was revealed that he was spying on some people for his mom and that he came from like a bad family and 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 as the season progressed he got worse and worse and worse so this latest uh my latest appearance on the show I actually appear as a figment of my mother's imagination and I basically I don't know if you ever saw the show Dexter but Mm -hmm. sort of Dexter's father serves as this device he shows up and he sort of has conversations with Dexter and he's not really there. Dexter's the only one that can see him, but he serves as Dexter's almost like conscience. Mm-hmm. And he, he helps him do good things. Whereas my character in Days of Our Lives 
I serve as like the little devil on the shoulder of my mother. And I, I sort of talk her into doing bad things. Oh my God. Like, did you like see the show before you appeared or it was like, you just kind of did it as a research and it's appeared on the show. So before I auditioned for any show, I try to at least become familiar with the characters and I watch one or two episodes just to, cause every show is different. Every show has mm-hmm. a different tone, a different, uh, different writing styles, different shooting styles. So I always try to watch, you know, become familiar with the show. So I did that obviously before I auditioned. Um, it's interesting. So I actually booked the role. Uh, I signed my contract March of 2020, like March 10th. And then March 13th or 14th was when it, everything shut down because yeah. of COVID. So I basically spent all summer not really knowing if I was going to be on the show, if I had a job, if my character was going to stay the same. I had all these things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, they ended up keeping me and, and you know, um, but during that time, I had extra time to sort of watch the show and become familiar and um, learn about, you know, the world and Salem and some of the characters. And mm-hmm. Wait, did you guys like film in Salem, Massachusetts or? Oh, no, no. Sorry. So so we filmed actually in Burbank, California, wow. but the town in Days of Our Lives is called Salem. Oh, gotcha. Like, I was like, like, when during that time, obviously, like you, like you said, like, you, during the pandemic, you really had to stop and like, didn't know if you got the role or not. Like, how long, like, did it, like, kind of take for you to hear back on that role? Like, how, like, did you cause, cause some stress? It's obviously, like, during the pandemic, they all, like, the pandemic really stopped us really quick to the point where, like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I, I just tried to stay calm and stay distracted. And and I know that the pandem- pandemic was hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know that um, a lot, of, you know, Hollywood was essentially shut down and yeah. nobody, nobody was shooting television. So I was trying to be patient. Uh, but obviously, as the months go by, I get more and more nervous. And so if I signed my contract in March, it was April, May, June, July that I didn't hear anything. And then in August, they called me and they're like, all right, Mike we are going to resume filming September 1st. You're, you are in the first episode back. Let's go. And uh, so I had to, which was also nerve wracking because I hadn't acted in five months mm-hmm. on any set. And then I have to jump right in and, and start on day one. Uh, so it was, it was a little hectic, but we got through it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I couldn't imagine like what you had to go through since like, it's like obviously day one. And obviously we've been stuck in our houses for who knows how long, like it's been almost like three years since we've been kind of dealing with COVID-19. Like what was mm-hmm. kind of like the hardest part for you going through that time? It's obviously for me personally, I'm like, oh my God, this is why I get out of house and do something and live a normal life like everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. My, the hardest part for me was not seeing people because mm-hmm. I'm a social person and I love to be around people. I do love my alone time. Um, and I did take advantage of having free time to to write more. I wrote a couple scripts. I, I played, you know, I spent time with my dogs. I spent time, um, you know, doing things that I had been putting off. Um, and, and so, you know, I did I did try to stay distracted in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough. It was tough for a lot of people, especially I have friends in, in New York and, you know, more metropolitan areas that live in high rise apartments 
and they were afraid to leave their apartment. So, I mean, me, me here in Los Angeles, I have a backyard, I have dogs, I have sunshine. I could, you know, kind of go outside and, and, you know, and relieve my stress a little bit um, by, you know, being distracted and playing, like being outside. Um, and also in California, we have great hiking trails and we can go camping and stuff. But a lot of my friends in, in New York and, and other places, they didn't have that. And so I would have, we would have like Zoom parties and Zoom hangouts where everybody got on Zoom and we, you know, we had like a beer and we're like, hey, how are you doing? And we would check in with each other um, just to try to stay social. And I would see some of my friends literally like not shaving, going crazy because uh, yeah. they, they hadn't been outside in weeks. Mm hmm. Like, that's, like, the worst thing. Like, literally no one did anything. Like, everyone's, like, lazy. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to go take advantage of this whole time. And I did, personally. I'm like, oh, this is the best thing in the entire world. Just do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was also, I would imagine it was tough for kids in, like, middle school and high school because, mm -hmm. um, you know, those are some of the most important years in terms of being social and having friends and, you know, mm -hmm growing up and becoming a human being and like learning uh, how you fit into your friend group. And like, it's just in terms of development, it's just so important to have to be around people. So I couldn't even imagine having, um, I mean, luckily part of that was the summer. So, you know, they would have had that off anyway, but, mm -hmm. but some, some students that like missed graduation or missed prom or missed homecoming or whatever, I feel really bad for, for mm -hmm. those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so like you have some upcoming films called The Bellkeeper and The Way Out. Like, can you tell us more about your role in those films and what the films are about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the first film is The Bellkeeper, obviously, and and that one was really fun. It has Randy Couture. It was directed by my friend Colton Tran, um, and that's kind of a fun story because Colton and I worked together on Cloud Nine mm, on yeah. on Disney Channel like eight years ago or nine years ago, however long that was. And so, uh, yeah, so so working with Colton, but this time not as an actor, he was, you know, my directing me, uh, that was really fun. Randy Couture could not have been nicer. Uh, we have, I had a couple fight scenes with Randy and I remember during rehearsal on one of the days we had this like fake ax and, and we're just rehearsing and he breaks the ax and we had, three axes and he broke all three of them. And I'm like thinking, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, please don't break me. You know, like I'm doing my own stunts with Randy and I'm like, please, like I, I was, I was scared. Um, but once we got into the groove and, and we sort of were doing like the fight sequences, he could not have been nicer. He could not have been more safe and careful. And um, clearly he didn't kill me. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I was going to ask really if, he actually, if he eventually killed you or not with the axe. I was kind of curious. Oh, yeah, no, no. Well, it, yeah, it, it, the, um, I didn't want him to break me. Like he broke our three prop axes. And I actually went to, I actually told him I, before we started, I said, I said, Randy, please don't make me axe number four. And, you know, he laughed and I, I tried to break the, the mood because I was I was terrified. Um, so that one comes out uh, next year. Uh, and and I'm really excited about that one. It's, it's like a thriller horror film. And then um, and then The Way Out is another film that comes out in February. Uh, so, you know, three months from now. And um, and that one is that one's pretty special because I play a boxer in the movie. And so I trained for three months leading up to the movie. I took boxing classes uh, several times a week 
just so that the boxing would be more authentic. I I gained um like like 13 pounds for the role, 14 pounds for the role, um, just by eating a lot and working out a lot, just because I thought that the character, you know, would, would be a bit more muscular than I am. And uh and and I, I we actually premiered at the Burbank Film Festival uh two months ago and we won two awards at the Burbank Film Festival. So uh really, really excited for the film, really excited for people to see it and um and really excited for them to see me in a role that they necessarily haven't seen me in before. Mm-hmm. Um just because I play like a really violent, aggressive person. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like you said earlier, you started in Cloud Night I, that um, it was on Disney Channel. I grew up that movie. I watched that movie all the time. And you worked alongside uh, Dove Cameron as well. And, like, mm-hmm. What was it like working with, with her and everything? Uh, that entire cast was, was fantastic. And we all became friends. We shot in Utah, um, basically at a snowboarding, skiing, mountain resort. So sort of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and so we were all we were all staying in these condos and we all became fast friends because not only did we travel there early and take a bunch of snowboarding classes because it was a snowboarding movie. And I and I had Luke and I had grown up snowboarding. So we were pretty good. Uh, Kiersey. So it was Luke Benward, Kiersey Clemens, Dove Cameron and myself were the four leads. Mm. And Dove, I think Dove and Kiersey could could board a little bit. Um but they definitely needed to practice. And then, and then Luke and I were pretty comfortable on boards because we had been, you know, doing it for, I, I've been snowboarding since I was little, I grew up in Colorado. Ooh. So I've been snowboarding since I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. So, um, I mean, you're acting with people that you like, which I already love acting mm-hmm. and I'm snowboarding half the time. So it was, it was sort of a magical experience. And, Dove was was so fantastic. I mean, she carried the movie. Um, mm-hmm. It was her movie, and she did such a great job. She would show up every day, really professional. Um, Luke, you know, same thing. He he was great. He he's such a talented actor. And then Kiersey um, has now gone on to be to do amazing things. I mean, she mm-hmm. uh, was in that movie Flatliners. She was in that movie Dope. She was in. Uh, she's now in the new Flash movie that's oh, coming really? out. Yeah, and. Um, and I love comic books. So when I heard that Kiersey was doing the Flash movie, I was, I geeked out a little bit and, you know, I told her congratulations because, um, you know, she's just so, so talented as well. So the, the fact that everybody's sort of doing, we're all doing our thing and, and um, have sort of carved out uh, careers for ourselves is, is pretty nice to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, did you like me, like the main kind of cast before, like the, um, before you filmed or it was like you guys met like while filming? Yeah, so we, I only met them at the audition, at the final chemistry read, and then we all found out that we were cast in the roles, and then the next time I saw them, we were all hanging out in Utah uh, with with our trainers learning, you know, snowboarding, and then, and then we just jumped right into filming a couple weeks later, so um, we did, we did get that time before filming to sort of become friends and, and develop that camaraderie, and also to snowboard, Um yeah, but and then and then we filmed for whatever it was, three months, um, something like that. Maybe maybe two months, maybe less. I don't remember, but uh, it's enough time to become friends. And then we hung out after that when we got back to Los Angeles. That's amazing. And so it sounds like the holidays are coming up. Like, what is something you kind of look forward to doing during the holidays? 
I absolutely love the holidays. I love mm -hmm. uh, Thanksgiving. I love having family and friends come around. I love Christmas. Um, I like it because it just, I feel like everybody is just 10% happier. It's just mm -hmm. an excuse for everybody to just be a little bit nicer, mm -hmm. a little bit happier, a little bit more patient. I think that, uh, you know, people finally have free time around the holidays to actually spend with family and friends. So they're not as distracted from mm. their jobs or from school or from whatever else. And so they're just a little bit more present and a little bit more cheerful and a little bit, mm. it's just, it's, it's nice. It's, it's the holidays are something I definitely look forward to. And this year, my entire family, my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, and all of their families and significant others are all coming to my house in LA and we're going to sp spend the holidays together. That's amazing. Like the holidays is like, for me personally, I love Christmas time. Like you said, like Christmas is probably my favorite holiday of all time. Like, especially like if people, most, if people celebrate Christmas, like most families get together and that's really the most, like my favorite thing to do is get um, together, together with my family. My, most of my family lives around here and down here, like around me in Pennsylvania, but not, all, not everyone can spend time with their families during the holidays. Mm -hmm. That's really the worst thing. But the really most important things that like the holidays make you happy. There's always something good about the holidays, even if you're with your family or not. There's something good about it. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And so you have worked for the Human Rights Campaign and Energy Action Coordinator. Like, what was something about kind of those organizations that kind of stuck out to you about like working with them? So I worked with uh, the Human Rights Campaign and Energy Action Coalition when I was living in Washington, D.C. And I um, I was actually uh, on a show called Real World on MTV, mm -hmm. like the reality show. And it was one of the first times that I had been that public uh, on camera because I had I've been doing theater since I was little. I, I did community theater and I did theater in high school when I was like 12, 13 years old. Um, but I had I had. I never thought, you know, I grew up in sort of a smaller area in Colorado, mm -hmm. this like suburb north of Denver. And I, it just never dawned on me that I could make a living as an actor. It just never crossed my mind. Yeah. So um, I was actually following my, like helping my friend with, with his audition to get him on Real World. Um, I had never seen the show before. I never, I didn't really watch MTV. I don't think I was allowed to when I was much younger. I was kind of sheltered. So uh, so I, I, I followed my friend to an audition to help him get on real world and they ended up casting me instead. And it was crazy because I went from being like this average person in Colorado to everybody knowing my story and my business and my, you know, my struggles and my likes and my dislikes and just personal things about me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, I think at that point I didn't realize how big the show was. And it's sort of like that saying, like, ignorance is bliss. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I, mm -hmm. I I was able to be calm and I was able to be myself and be truthful. And I think because of that, I had I had a really positive response to my character, you know, my, myself on the show. Um, and part of my journey on the show was to uh, become involved in politics. And so the human rights campaign sort of promotes LGBT equality mm -hmm. and um and you know so at that point they were working on um uh marriage equality and repealing don't ask don't tell and um employment like people not being fired from their jobs for being lgbt and that sort of mm -hmm. thing so I, I was able to be a part of those things which was really really amazing because you sort of feel like you're a part of 
history when things yeah. like that are happening. And then the Energy Action Coalition uh, was cool because we were promoting um, like going green um, going green initiatives, mm-hmm. and we were trying to encourage uh, members of Congress to vote on certain bills that would reduce our country's carbon emissions and re- and um, help with the issue of global warming and and those sorts of things. So. Also, that's something that I care deeply about. So to be a part of those two organizations while on television so that I can encourage other people to be a part of those causes was really uh, special. That's amazing. Like has like had like has there kind of been like changed in terms of like those two type of things and like not specifically in the United States, but around the world, do you know? Um, those issues? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll just talk about the last 10 years. Uh, I think, of course, in the United States now, marriage equality has passed. Mm-hmm. And as of yesterday or the day before, the um, the bill legalizing same-sex marriage and biracial marriage passed in the Senate, which is mm-hmm. a huge thing mm-hmm. because it's been allowed, but it's never been written into law it was passed because of an executive order underneath barack obama so Mm. now to have the senate both democrats and republicans vote on something like this to make it a law um is 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 a really it's a sign of hope and it's a sign that we're moving in the right direction even Mm. though there are speed speed bumps along the way i think we're moving in the right direction and especially younger people Mm. are on the right side of history and they are they care about the environment they care about equality they care about um you know and 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 equality with like gender equality and mm-hmm. and their um you know racial equality and everything else i think that you know especially this young generation really gives me hope because it's like mm-hmm. we will fight and we will keep pushing for people to be treated fairly and equally no matter what exactly. um that's in our country mm-hmm. around the world uh i mean there was a, a bill I think that was proposed in Russia this morning that is going to criminalize people talking positively about being a part of the LGBT community. Um, Mm. It'll be a crime just to talk about it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy that we are here in 2022 and that is still happening in Russia. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are definitely places, a lot of places around the world that are not as progressive as we are and mm-hmm. um, where members of that community are treated really, really unfairly, sometimes killed. So um, it's definitely something that we all need to keep, you know, pushing and talking about. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to kind of think like that's kind of what's happening in Russia. And like, especially since like Russia is one of the most powerful countries, maybe the pow- most powerful you may never know it's like one of the most powerful it's this thing like russia is kind of like dealing with that and making it kind of something like that like is absolutely insane to me yeah no it's 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 insane and it's 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 crazy to think about how you could be the exact same person and depending on where you're born you're treated completely differently mm-hmm. um it's really really sad and and i think it's a it's a good thing that we're all talking about it and we all need to just keep uh, holding these countries and these areas accountable so that hopefully these people are afforded the same freedoms that we all, you know, have fought for. 
Yeah, and so you just recently started a feature role in Slot Face, which came out earlier this year. Like, what was the process like filming and working with the cast? Slot Face was uh, one of the movies that I'm the most proud of uh, so far in my career because I I found the script through a friend. I worked with the writer, who's also the director, to um, bring the script to a place that we were really both excited about. And then I helped like fundraise for the film. I helped cast the film. We helped, sh I helped shoot the film. Um, and I worked with the other producers and the writer director, Jeremiah Kipp, who's phenomenal um, during the editing process. And during, you know, when we were um, pitching it to film festivals and then when we sold the film and then when it was released, like from start to finish, this film was my baby. And the fact that it's done so well we premiered at Cinequest. We won the festival, uh, the audience award at the festival. We we premiered on Shudder. It was a Shudder original. It did really well on Shudder. Shudder's like the the Netflix for horror films. Mm -hmm. um, so and then it's doing really well. It's it's released around the world on some different different markets. And then, um, sorry, my dog's making noise. And then uh, and then and then the fact that the, the the film has been received the way it is. I play the older brother of August Maturo. And you might know August Maturo from yeah. Girl Meets World. He's a fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. um, so he was in the film with me. The D'Ambrosio films were in the, uh, D'Ambrosio twins were in the film. Um, the Mirabelle Lee was in the film. Libe uh, Barrere was in the film. Dan Hedea, who plays the dad in Clueless. And he was, he's been in a million other things. Mm -hmm. He was in the film. So it's just like this really cool cast. Um, and now the film has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes and people really seem to like it. So um, we're hopefully in the next year or two gonna gonna shoot a sequel. So oh, it's amazing. So we okay. might be talking about, yeah, we might be talking about Slap Face 2 at some point. That's amazing. I can't, I, I hopefully they do it, fingers crossed for that. Yeah. And it's so like, what is some advice for people that are just starting out as an actor? Uh, the advice that I would give to people starting out as an actor um, would be to just stick with it. And I know that it's cliche and I know it's, they probably heard that from other people, but that's the truth. The reason that everybody says that is because it's the truth. I have seen really, really talented people give up before they, um, they should have. Mm -hmm. And I have seen equally talented, talented people stick with it and have their moment. And now they're doing amazing things. I think that uh, when we're younger, we try to fit in and we try to sort of go with the flow. And as we get older, we realize that our, especially as an actor and in a creative industry, what makes you unique and what makes you different or strange or weird or quirky or whatever you know adjective you want to use, that is what makes you special. Mm -hmm. And that is what will set you apart in this industry. So I will say, I would say the two things is stick with it. Don't give up. And embrace your weirdness mm -hmm. because that is what sets you apart and that that's what makes you who you are exactly and so i just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was so great speaking with you keep up with the good work and i really like what you're doing just keep up with the good work and we'll talk, talk soon thank you so much all right thank you kylie have a good one you too